Okay team, so we're reviewing Terminator Dark Fate. Um, I wasn't necessarily going to go and see this, but then I had a spare two hours. I saw that it was on and um, I don't know, there's something about the Terminator design, Terminator the first film and T2, um, that I really liked. There was something, you know, I, I'm a big fan. I'm a sucker for AI that kind of pushes you into, I don't know, rethinking the future and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, so I thought, you know, this might just be mildly diverting. Um, and I also, I quite enjoyed James Cameron's produced Alita. So I thought, given that, again, this comes from the stable of James Cameron, uh, not quite in the director's seat, that's afforded Tom Miller, from uh, who directed Deadpool, um, I thought, you never know, you know, this might be quite good. So um, we're starring Linda Hamilton, who obviously plays Sarah Connor, that we know from the other movies, and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger has an appearance, but also, quite excitingly, it stars Mackenzie Davis, who plays a sort of enhanced uh, human from the future, who lands in the now, um, seeking to save uh, the character of Danny, who um, we're led to believe for, for large parts of the... the uh, film is whose womb is kind of like uh, the bone of contention uh, in no uncertain terms. I'm not entirely certain if uh, this film kind of negates the three other films that came after T2 but um, we're led to believe that by um, James Cameron himself that this is a sort of bona fide follow-up to Terminator and T Terminator 2. Going into a film like this even though it's a sort of formal and official sequel a little bit like the Halloween reboot I do, one does get a little bit weary, and one feels that you can sort of almost sense within the first 10 minutes whether it's gonna really have the chutzpah to kind of, you know, do its job. The first scene was an incredibly odd scene. If any Terminator fans want to explain to me, it was incredibly odd. I thought oddly executed in terms of visual effects, the first scene on the beach side uh, that then sort of faded through it. it looked, was it purposefully meant to look quite sort of computer gamey done. I, I was expecting us to pull out and see a computer game. Anyway, the beginning footage I found really arresting with um, Linda Hamilton sort of squealing and screaming and going through all sorts of agonising kind of footage that's been treated. I, I, I like all that sort of stuff. So once we got into the film, we've effectively got Mackenzie Davis playing this enhanced human who's protecting um, Danny, uh, a Mexican girl. And uh, Linda Hamilton, uh, Sarah Connor, uh, she sort of falls into the pathway of trying to get rid of these, the Terminator, played by Gabrielle Luna, who's also been sent down to capture Danny uh, and destroy her, because she's obviously a linchpin in the future uh, safety and integrity of our future. What I thought was most notable about this film was the fact that it, it stars three incredibly strong female leads. Uh, Nat Natalia Rees plays Danny, the Mexican girl. Uh, Mackenzie Davis from Blade Runner 2049, who I thought was absolutely sensational in that. She didn't have a major part, but the part that she played was really rich. And uh, Linda Hamilton, who obviously comes from the other Terminator films. And really the film revolved around those three for the vast majority. And at times I was thinking, how is this going to actually float with a sort of predominantly male audience because it was sort of unusual. It was almost, I almost wondered whether we were watching a sort of watershed moment in terms of strong female action hero heroine characters, uh, you know, at the heart of a film. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger obviously comes into it. He reminded me a little bit of, he's in the same sort of retirement patch, probably on a plot of land just down the road from Robert Downey Jr. in Avengers Endgame. You know, he's decided just to chill out with a wife, hanging out, 
bit of gardening, all that sort of stuff. And he gets pulled into the sort of latter half of the film. Now, I thought the arrival or the landing of Mackenzie Davis into the real world was really nice. And I thought, in a sense, her finding her orientation. Now, the thing that makes me fascinated about these films is watching AI, even in films like Ex Machina, watching AI orientate itself. Because in that process of it trying to work out how it's going to fit into the real world, therein hangs everyone's fate you know even if the sort of it augmented human which is kind of a bit of ai you know mackenzie davis's character you know they're kind of they're kind of trying to work out so who's safe is anyone safe the police safe or whatever so mackenzie davis lands splat what would you do if a naked lady as attractive as mackenzie davis landed splat you just think my god this what is this so and then she proceeds to look out for um danny now Gabriel Luna, who is the Terminator in this, is a sort of hybridization of all the other Terminators we've got to know. There's the sort of exoskeletal kind of structure that's just impermeable and can't be damaged and just, you know, trudges around. But then there's also this liquefied stuff, not entirely dissimilar to the liquefaction effect in Venom. And where at times that liquefaction effect in Venom looked a bit tired or a bit shoddy at the edges or a bit, I don't know, like it wasn't fully rendered, there were many times in this where I felt that too. And sometimes the very originality of the, if you like, superhero trait, for want of a better expression, so his liquid ability to sort of become black liquid, sometimes renders any form of de destroying him obsolete. So as you run out of more and more opportunities to actually kill him, because actually even when you've hammered him in a great big vice-like, I don't know, you know, like that, if he can sort of still seep out of that and come away, you know, you have got really many hopes, because even blowing him up, OK, he might splatter everywhere, but you'll just be able to pull back together. So there was a bit of that, and there was a bit of a rendering problem. Now, one of the biggest disappointments I had in this was that Gabriel Luna's character, the Terminator, so, the, the, so the, the malevolent force that's charging and sort of marching through the centre of this film, but although he was marching, he we never actually saw him stand and morph into someone else. The only thing we actually saw on screen at any point was him morphing into a shirt. Yeah, he touches a shirt and he takes it on. So you didn't even really get any of those moments. Now, I don't know whether that's because the censors decided to make it a little bit more agreeable or or whether they just couldn't afford the effects that, that would have been required. The other thing I didn't really understand was why did he only stay, the Terminator, within one identifiable character's form? OK, so for a moment he adopted Danny's father's form. But then he went back to this same character's form. Why Why do that if you know, I mean, and, and also if you're sort of really sophisticated AI, why would you not realise that that's probably the one way that you're going to be found and known to be who you are? A couple of problems with this film. Too many car chases. So, I mean, a couple of critics have said there wasn't enough action. <sighs> there was so much bloody action. I thought the, the car chases, I mean, what is it about car chases? I mean, I made, I made a note on my phone. What... <laughs> Again, with car chases, there's only so much and to so many places you can take them where they can remain exciting. It, it just didn't do it for me. Just didn't do it for me. You know, the whole idea of him, you know, there's quite a good scene where Mackenzie was kind of throwing, you know, p uh, steel rods at uh, Gabriel Luna's Terminator and he'd hold them and they're in the trailer and then he'd morph into this sort of strange gun-like thing. I mean, it just... It's not that you're looking for believability, because there's nothing believable about the whole thing, but within its own terms, I, a, a real gripe of mine is that you want to believe it within the terms of the world and the technology and the sci-fi-ness and the AI technology that the film's offering up. 
And in that sense, I felt that we were quite quickly uh, in the presence of a villain, if you like, or a Terminator, that could do anything, because he could liquefy into anything. So consequently, it just really became a slightly heightened chase movie, um, where they then sort of managed to bring Arnold Schwarzenegger into it. Now, you know, it's that funny thing, isn't it? What do we think of Arnie? Arnie's one of those characters, a bit like Clint Eastwood, where, you know, the older they get, the fonder you get of them, and just seeing their faces is just actually very, very sweet. He delivers two laugh-out-loud moments. I did laugh-out-loud. It's really odd. I was in the screening with lots of men, and I think they were sort of tourists because it was a central London theatre, and uh, they were laughing at really weird things like around guns and stuff like that. But the bit that I found really funny was when he said, I'm funny, and he wasn't funny, uh, and the fact that his wife, who he has a, a sort of relationship with, when they say, well, what does she see in you, given that you, you're not human, really? He says, uh, I'm very good, very efficient at changing diapers. That was funny. And then he's got a drapery company that he works for. And then there's a scene where they're sort of waiting to sort of enact a heist or for something to happen. And he talks about the terrible, terrible travesties of design that some people make when they decide to choose a certain type of pattern drape for a certain type of furniture. I thought that was quite witty, two witty moments, but the film was screaming out for more. Some critics have said, oh, that's an example of the Deadpool director. Not at all. Two sputtering moments does not carry the film. Now, Linda Hamilton's character, Sarah Connor, you know, again, she was she was fine, she was okay. It was, again, good to see a woman of her age in a very physical and mainstream and central role. Um, it was very reminiscent for me of uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. It's uh, They could almost stand alongside each other and just fucking shoot the hell out of the world, basically. Marauding, knife-wielding psychopaths on Halloween night and uh, Terminators, the two of them would do really well. So she was good. I thought if there was anyone who was disposable from this, it was unfortunately Natalia Rees, who, who played Danny, the Mexican girl who uh, the Terminator's after. Obviously, she's there. She's a critical part and a critical component of the narrative plot, but she was sort of the weakest link for me. I felt Mackenzie Davis was really powerful, but again, she was kind of let down by the surrounding storyline and the and, and the action. Um, and because she had so many other voices, you know, by the time Arnie comes on board, they're a team of four, so they're all kind of vying for attention. Um, there was a nice scene in a pharmacy where Mackenzie Davis had to get some drugs to kind of keep herself going because she's this augmented human. And I like that side of things. It was, you know, she played that really well. The idea that she kept running out of energy and she had to be keep sort of having her batteries recharged and all that sort of stuff. So I think it was a rich opportunity for Mackenzie Davis. I think if she was supported by a stronger, more innovative and inventive plot, this could have been one of those roles that really jettisoned her into the mainstream. And then the rest of the film becomes a laborious, I felt really laborious, chase and hunt, chase and hunt. They go onto cargo planes, you know, they're, you know, more car chases. There's a dam that's involved and he falls down a dam and... And it just became... T and then there's all these rotating things and they're holding his head against the rotating thing and then is he going to blow up? And then they discover that, of course, well, I'm not going to give away what they discover that might be the thing that might destroy him. And and it just, it just kind of went on and it went on and it did nothing new and nothing original. And I was really, really, if not bored, bored is too wrong a word, but it just didn't excite me. It, it was in no way thought-provoking about time travel. It wasn't thought-provoking about the emotional complexities around Linda Hamilton having lost her son and Arnie Schwarzenegger being responsible for that. You know, they could have they could have delved into that a little bit more. And you don't want it to become, obviously, it's a mainstream action film. So I do think that, in a sense, 
when the likes of Scorsese and Coppola are slamming superhero films, this is the kind of film, actually, I think they should be homing in on a little bit more because it promised so much. And in a sense, you know, for example, you know, the first hour, I'd say, was strong, but the second hour had Arnie in it. And although Arnie was a nice, nostalgic, momentarily witty presence, he's so stiff and, and his character's stiff that you're begging for more, you're begging for something and you just can't get anything from him. It's a bit like the character of Spock, you know, you're not going to get sophisticated emotional introspection because he just can't. It's sort of programmed into his character that he can't be like that. So you're looking to Linda Hamilton for that. You're looking to Mackenzie Davis. Unfortunately, I think the emotional heart of this film, again, was the Mexican girl's uh, part, Natalia Rees. And she just didn't, for me, have the breadth of, of performance experience to really punch that out there. Gabriel Luna was very good as a villain, but I would have liked to have seen The Terminator uh, morphing into many more people rather than doing more and more remarkable things with his liquefaction effect. I think that part of him was too... It's too simple in a sense and too badly rendered, whereas I would have liked to have played with, you know, confusions of identity when there was that moment where, you know, was this her father or not her father and it ended up being, you know, the Terminator. I thought all that sort of stuff. Why throw that away? Why not play on that? Why not have him morphing constantly into different people? Why not have him morphing into Arnold Schwarzenegger? Do you know what I mean? Or something like that. So I just felt it missed a few possible richer narrative uh, ticks. It could have gone down. It could have been a bit more inventive. It could have been a bit more thought provoking. The action when it was action actually was too liquefy and was too car chasery. And yeah, there were no real surprises in it. There were no surprises. One thing I did like though, almost more than the representation of just, you know, three strong, powerful women was the uh, positive representation of, of Mexico, Mexico and Mexico. Mexican Latino kind of culture. I think it was really nice for it to be just naturally embedded within a Mexican world, you know. Um, okay, it was near the border. Yes, there was the whole thing of getting across the border and all that kind of stuff. But it was just nice and I'd have thought I'd, I'd have thought really relatable for a massive Latin American audience, which let's face it, maybe that's what this film's intended for. A lot of films now, mainstream franchise movies, are, are aimed at harnessing the Chinese market. But you know, some films are also looking to those other larger markets like India and Latin America, and I think this film will successfully do that. So a lot of people are sort of heralding this as yes, this is the official proper third at last a Terminator film to finish off the first two Terminator films. This is a this is the proper third Terminator film. Well, it might be, but give me the first two any day of the week.